You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that Well, we have uh, some more PFF insights here, so we'll be able to take a little bit of a deeper dive beyond my personal thoughts and feelings about things. Uh, we'll go over the grades, but I'm honestly more interested in some of the statistics but whatever. Before we get there, though, uh, just got done watching the Bears game. Figured I'd give an honest assessment. Honestly, not that bad. I wished and I hoped and I prayed it'd be a lot worse, but it wasn't super bad. The offensive line is worse than you ever could have imagined. But <laughs> I think the thing that got me the most excited, and granted he was going up against an absolute monster from uh, the Chiefs, but um, the first guy that got absolutely blown up that I saw, and I think it ended in a sack, was Schofield. Schofield is one of the one of the free agents that was brought in because things were so horrible and they needed an instant upgrade. So they brought in Riley Reef and Michael Schofield. I think it's Michael Schofield. Um, and the first preseason action, Schofield gets just choke slammed right into Justin Fields. So uh, that made me happy. Um, I think Justin Fields was okay. I'm really, really, really upset. His one very bad pass, didn't get intercepted, and it should have. Instead, it got caught by Darnell Mooney, and now it looks like Justin Fields is a superhero. Did you see all his passes? It was amazing. It's like, well, if the dummy could have turned around and got his hands up, it could have been a pick, and that would have been even more amazing. Um, his other pass, I think he only had like two passes beyond five yards, from what I could tell. Uh, his other pass was quite impressive. I was really angry again that it didn't get broken up, but from depending on the angle, it looks like the defender stretched out as far as he could, and it was just past his outstretched hand. So it looked, to be honest, like a perfect pass. So I, I got to give him credit for that. But the 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 best part about all this is the fact that Justin Fields didn't show up until the starters went bye-bye, and the, the Chiefs only had the starters out there for one drive. So the Bears went out three and out against the, st- Charger, or the Chiefs starters, and then the Chiefs offense comes out, drives down the field, scores a touchdown. They pull all their starters, and then the Bears fight and scratch and claw to try to come back and win the game. So they're not a good football team, that's for sure. But it wasn't as big of a disaster as I was hoping, especially looking at Justin Fields and the wide receivers. Seemed okay. Um, Anyways, so far there are 11 games via PFF. The Packers have the third worst overall grade at 61.1, ahead of only the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Looking at overall grades on offense, 27 players on offense played. Um, Two people had really, really horrible grades. The worst grade overall on offense was Tyler Davis. Not surprisingly, absolutely putrid, horrible day for him. After that, unfortunately, my guy Patrick Taylor 
And then it kind of jumps up into the 50s, and that's where I get very, very upset because the next grade, the next lowest grade is my guy Dexter Williams. And I want to throw hands, I'm not going to lie. Now, to be fair, it's because he has a 26 receiving grade, which is fair, <laughs> because I think his one target hit him in the hands and he dropped it, so I get it. Um, but still, a 64 rushing grade? Come on, man. Come on, man. Other guys that were below a 60, Ishmael Hyman, um, he was out there for 15 snaps. Sal Canella had a 54 overall grade. He was out there for eight. Yash Nyman was out there for 46 and had a... 43 overall pass blocking grade. Again, we'll get into the stats, but that's obviously nowhere near as good as it needs to be. I don't know what the heck is up with that, considering he's he can stop Rashawn Gary, but he can't stop like the 49ers backups. I don't understand that. Um, then Josiah DeGuaro with the 56. I'm really getting exhausted here. <laughs> I just want the guy to be good. That's it. And every single week, it's like, Josiah, 55 overall grade. It's like, dude, can you give me one day Give me just one glimmer of hope here. I thought he had a pretty good day, but he just he just lives at like a 55 overall grade. Um, after that, you got Tyler Goodson. I don't exactly understand why. Um, I guess it's, first of all, they give him a 58 overall rushing grade, which is baffling to me. Um, he had a 76 pass blocking grade, which is phenomenal because, again, he needs to be able to be able, it's, it's only on one snap, but still, that's another facet that he has to be able to bring to the table, and apparently he did a great job on his one attempt, so that's great. And he also had a 68 overall uh, receiving grade, so apparently his one knock was his rushing, and I have no idea how that could possibly be a thing, but they didn't really, they weren't super impressed with his rushing ability. And then the last two, Jordan Love, 58 overall grade. As I said yesterday, they said their initial grades, he had like a 66 overall grade, which I thought was fair. Apparently, they went through their approval process, and the final approvers thought he was much worse than that, and they dropped him down to a 58, so below average for him. 56 passing grade. And then Amari Rodgers. You can't just let us have one good thing. Um, the biggest issue with Amari, 39.8 overall run blocking. So his blocking was really horrible, but even as a receiver, they just gave him a 59 overall grade. So... And, and again, yeah, he got the touchdown, but what did he do on all his other... He was out there for 53 snaps. 30 of them were as a receiver, 22 as a run blocker, which is a lot. But, you know, that again, that interception was not the cleanest route I've ever seen in my life. And his touchdown pass was basically a screen, so it's not like he ran such a clean route and just broke somebody's ankles and got open or anything. So I can't be too mad about that. He had a good day on special teams. He had a touchdown on a screen, or... I think it was a screen. I don't remember. He was close to the line of scrimmage and wide open. Um, the averages. So the guys in the 60s, which is about half the team. I'll just run through them quickly. Ty Clary, Michael Manette, B.J. Baylor. Uh, B.J. Baylor, by the way, 90 receiving grade. So, ooh, hello. Um, Danny Etling, Samori Ture, Royce Newman, uh, Cole Van Lannan, Jake Hansen, Romeo Dobbs. Yes, he had a 60 overall, 66. Alizé Mack, and John Runyon, all in the 60s. And then finally, the guys who graded out positively, Jawan Winfrey with a 70, Sean Ryan with a 72, Danny Davis with a 73 overall grade, Caleb Jones, the absolute monster. What, what's funny about Caleb Jones, because I, you know, I don't really necessarily expect the guy to be the greatest in the world, but he's like 6'9", 500 pounds. I'm exaggerating, but seriously, he is an absolute monstrous human being. 76 overall grade. He had a 27 pass blocking grade. <laughs> he has 
as you could probably expect, he probably it's it's tough when you're that tall and you're probably not the most nimble human being in the world to be able to pass block and whatnot. Oh, and well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but a 91 run blocking grade. So he is just a freaking road grader. If and <laughs> we should get um, Coach Hahn in here to to talk about it, but. If the Packers ever wanted to be the Baltimore Ravens and just bring in an extra offensive lineman to run the ball, man, he would be fun to just throw out there. Just throw him off the edge, you know? Be your sixth offensive lineman in there. And just just grade that road, man. <laughs> um, after that, the second highest grade was Zach Tom with an 80 overall grade and Josh Myers with a 92.2 overall grade. Elite makes me so happy. Um, there's a lot of guys that you're really hoping to see something from. There's been a lot of positive talk about Josh Myers as far as, you know, the the team really likes him, the coaches like him. Even Aaron Rodgers seems to be heaping praises all over him, which is shocking because every time they go out and practice, he's screaming in Josh Myers' face. And as I've said, I don't exactly know what he's doing as a blocker because everything he's mad about is is pre-snap or 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 snapping itself. Things that he's just not understanding properly. It has nothing to do with the actual blocking, so I don't know what he's doing. Again, we'll get into the specifics of run blocking, pass blocking, all that stuff momentarily. But either way, very, very happy to see um, Josh kind of stepping up and doing the thing. Um, trying to decide if we should jump to defense overall. No, we'll, we'll stick with offense and kind of go position by position here. The other thing I want to go through is kind of looking at, well, well, we'll get there when we get there. Let's look at the quarterbacks. Um, as I said, Danny Etling had a 65 overall grade. Jordan Love, 58. Passing grades, Danny Etling, 65, Jordan Love, 56. Um, Etling had six completions on eight attempts for 123 yards, 15.4 yards per attempt and a touchdown. Jordan Love had nearly the same amount of yards with about uh, literally three times as many attempts. 24 attempts, 13 completions, 176 yards, 7.3 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Jordan Love did have the one big-time throw. Uh, Danny Etling didn't have any turnover-worthy plays. Jordan Love had one. Danny Etling had zero. Again, Jordan Love, one turnover-worthy play. So when you have three interceptions and only one was a turnover-worthy play, that kind of, you know, that stinks. On top of that, drops. Danny Etling, one drop. Jordan Love, four drops. Four drops, man. 23.5% of his passes were dropped. That's insane. Uh, time to throw, Danny Etling, 2.93 seconds. He held on for almost three seconds. Jordan Love, 2.45 seconds. Love converted six first downs, Danny Etling, three. Danny Etling with a 156.3 passer rating. Danny Etling, 66, obviously not great when you, I mean, passer rating doesn't care about how the interceptions came to be. It's just the interceptions. Um, one of the interesting things about Jordan Love is he actually had a, not very many attempts, but... Um, a higher grade while under pressure. All three of his interceptions came when he was in a clean pocket. He completed two of four passes for 35 yards, had a 66.4 overall grade, 65.8 um, passing grade while under pressure. Danny Etling, again, not very many opportunities, but again, similar 66 overall grade while under pressure, 61 while kept clean. Nothing else super interesting about um, you know depth or anything like that. Looking at the receivers, we looked at the overall grades, but not the receiving grades, although we did talk about B.J. Baylor. Looking at the receiving grades, B.J. Baylor with a 90.2 overall grade. Granted, only two targets, but two targets 
two receptions, 75 yards. His longest was a 68-yarder. Also accounted for one of only two missed tackles forced on the entire team, uh, the other one coming by way of Tyler Goodson. So when you only have two receptions and you account for um, 50% of the missed tackles, considering there were 19 receptions on the team, that's pretty impressive. Danny Davis had the second highest receiving grade at a 78.8 overall. Two targets, two receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. They used him 33% of the time in the slot, something to keep an eye on. He actually had the highest passer rating of any wide receiver, 158.3. After that, they drop off into the 60s and beyond. Tyler Goodson, 67. Jawan Winfrey, 67. Romeo, 66. Samori, 65. Amari, 59, Hyman, 55, Josiah, 53, and then Tyler Davis with a 36 receiving grade, Dexter with a 26, Patrick Taylor with a 26. Tyler Davis had the lowest passer rating with a zero passer rating, one target, one drop, one interception. Um, Looking at the slot, Amari Rogers, 73% from the slot. Josiah was actually 60% from the slot, which is a little surprising. Samori Ture, 41.7, and then kind of down from there. I know the one touchdown for Romeo Dobbs came in the slot, so there was a whole lot of talk about, you know, oh man, maybe they're going to use move him around a little bit. He actually played the most out wide than anybody else. 82.4% was the highest rate of anybody. Ishmael Hyman, 80%. Juwan Winfrey, 72.2%. Those three guys were used the most exclusively out wide. And then of all the, there were five contested catch opportunities. Um, Romeo Dobbs had two opportunities. He didn't catch any of them. Amari had one. That was the interception. Uh, Tyler Davis had one. Uh, I don't even think that was the interception, but I I guess it had to have been. He didn't get it. The only person that caught their contested catch opportunity was Jawan Winfrey. So the Packers were one for five in contested catches. That obviously is garbage and needs to be better. Uh, Running backs, pretty much all of them were right in the 50 to, you know, 55 to 65 range. Um, Lowest to highest, B.J. Baylor with the lowest rushing grade. 54, Patrick Taylor, 57, Tyler Goodson, 58, Danny Etling, 60, Jordan Love, 62, Amari Rogers, 63, Dexter Williams, 64. So I, I guess they gave him credit for having the highest of anybody, but still not, not good enough. But I mean, seriously, Dexter Williams, three attempts, 29 yards, 9.7 yards per attempt, one missed tackle forced out of, you know, three rushing attempts. I think that's fine. 25 yards was his longest. His elusiveness grade was a 288.9. Only one that was higher was Amari Rogers at 700. I still have no idea how that elusiveness thing works. They, it just seems like random numbers to me. But it's a high number, so there you go. Um, after that, in terms of yards per attempt, Jordan Love was at 6. Danny Etling, 4.5. Amari Rogers, 4.0. Patrick Taylor, 3.3 yards per attempt. Tyler Goodson, 3.1. B.J. Baylor, 2.7. I guess it's hard to get too mad about you know, Tyler Goodson getting 3.1 yards per attempt. It's obviously not that impressive. Looking at after contact, Amari Rogers, 14 yards after contact, which is, you know, again, probably just that that one play where he got hit and kept going. Dexter Williams, 8.67 yards after contact. B.J. Baylor, 2.67. B, uh, excuse me, Patrick Taylor, 2.67. B.J. Baylor, 2.29. Tyler Goodson, 1.92. And then the two quarterbacks, obviously not very much at all. And then finally, looking at the offensive line, um, it's kind of interesting because you've got a lot of these guys who, you know, you got your 50 overall, 60 overall, so, you know, good game, bad game, whatever. But it's really crazy when you really look at the difference between run blocking and pass blocking. For example, Josh Myers, 92.2 overall grade. Fantastic. However, 
65 pass blocking grade, which, you know, I mean, it's not terrible. And actually, if you look at the statistics, which we'll get to momentarily, but just for the sake of this thing here, zero sacks, zero hits, zero hurries. So for whatever he did that they weren't super impressed with, it didn't really materialize into any pressures or didn't at all materialize in any pressures, but a 93 run blocking grade for Josh Myers. Dude was a freaking road grader. And it's shocking because uh, PFF initially, when I read the thing yesterday, was like, they were all real good in pass blocking. The run blocking was suspect. Dude, Josh Myers had a 93 run blocking grade. Caleb Jones had a 91 run blocking grade. Zach Tom, probably the best offensive lineman in this whole thing. Not overall grade, but if you're looking for a guy that did both really well, probably the only one. I think he is the only one that did, which... I will hammer that point. I'll say that six more times just so everybody hears it. I'm so happy. It's it's one preseason game. It's not a big deal. I'm just saying. 81.1 run blocking, 75.9 pass blocking grade, zero pressures given up. Perfect day for Mr. Zach Tom. Super happy about that. I already told you, Caleb Jones, 91 run blocking, 27 pass blocking. Only materialized into one pressure, and it was just a hurry. But still, you know, just apparently... Kind of putrid as a pass blocker. Sean Ryan, and this one, this will answer a lot of questions because he had a 72 overall grade. Everybody's super excited, but they're like, I could have swore he was garbage. You're right. 15.3 pass blocking grade. Zero pressures given up, but for whatever reason, um, you know, again, it didn't materialize into pressure. Maybe Jordan Love was on the move, not as a result of a pressure, but, you know, just on the move, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But he was getting whooped as a... um, as a pass blocker all day long, but 80.5 run blocking. And this is all kind of shocking because the Packers are never good at run blocking, right? Josh Myers, you know, never really was super good at run blocking. Not this good. Zach Tom didn't exist. Sean Ryan didn't exist. Uh, Jake Hansen wasn't really given a lot of opportunities. These are guys that didn't really play, but now you're looking at it going, hey, maybe if Josh Myers can take a step in that direction, that would be huge for the run game. We know David Bakhtiari already took a step in that direction, and Elton Jenkins can certainly do it. So now if you add Josh Myers to the mix and he suddenly can do it, and who knows, maybe Zach Tom gets a job somewhere along the line. I don't know. Just saying. Might have a decent run-blocking offensive line here. But um, just looking at run-blocking now, so we've got uh, Myers 93, Caleb Jones 91, Zach Tom 81, Sean Ryan 80, Alizé Mack the tight end. Um, he didn't have any pass blocking opportunities, but 80.1, you know, for a guy that is kind of more of that mold of the blocking style, as opposed to Sal Canella, who's more of the receiving style. I don't, I, you know, Mac doesn't have a massive opportunity as it stands, but this is really what they want from him is to be able to, to run block. And for him to have an 80 overall grade, that's pretty solid. Um, Jake Hansen, 73.6 overall, but a 59.5 pass blocking grade. He did give up one hurry in the game. Also had two penalties, which is going to dock him a little bit. Um, after that is Jawan Winfrey. Not super surprising. He's a big-bodied wide receiver that's been with Matt LaFleur for a while. He's you know He knows the gig. And then the other one that was somewhat kind of decent, Royce Newman, 67.9, but a 57 overall pass blocking grade, not the greatest. So I'm just going to pause there because we can go on. There's... 27 total guys, but I want to loop back to the best pass blockers. Right at the top, and this shouldn't really surprise anybody, John Runyon. The guy has been a stud pass blocker since he started, but the problem is run blocking. He's really not a very good run blocker. I don't know if he's going to figure it out or not, and again, it doesn't really matter because this is this is what's going to win him the job, but 87.1 pass blocking, great. Didn't give up any pressures, obviously. Run blocking wasn't great, but you live with it. 
because he's going to keep Aaron Rodgers clean. And the fact that he's just picking up where he left off, I'm fine with that. Next is actually Patrick Taylor, which I'll take it. <laughs> Whatever. Then Cole Van Lannon, who played all of his snaps at guard. Again, I was surprised by that. He was a, exclusively a right tackle for a long time. Then they kind of moved him over to left tackle in, in spurts. Maybe once in a while he took some guard reps, but very rarely. Um, so the fact that he played exclusively, all 25 of his snaps came at left guard is surprising, but really good showing as a pass blocker, which again is more important. 60.8 run blocking, so it's not the worst in the world. Then Tyler Goodson as a pass blocker. Then Zach Tom. Then you got Tyler Davis, the tight end, who actually, you know, that was the one thing he did well, unfortunately, just one snap, so it doesn't really mean anything. Run blocking, where he had 11 opportunities, he had a 44 overall grade. Um, after that... I'm just trying to think who we got left off of this list here. Michael Manette had a 47.8 pass blocking grade, 62.4 run blocking. Yash, as I mentioned, he had by far the worst day in, in terms of not just grades, because it does get worse. Obviously, Caleb Jones and Sean Ryan were abysmal as pass blockers, but statistically as well, Yash had a 43.8 pass blocking grade, 60.9 run blocking, but he gave up a hit and a hurry. So he had two pressures on the day. Nobody else had more than one. So third worst pass blocking grade, the worst statistical performance by anybody. But um, overall, every or most of the offensive linemen were really good in at least one category. Uh, in terms of positional alignment, just so we're clear, um, left tackle was Yash Nyman and Cal- Caleb Jones was the only two guys that had snaps at it. Again, Yash kind of got worked. Not Nobody was good as a pass blocker on that end. Those two both really struggled as pass blockers, Caleb crushed <laughs> so i gotta that's the th- that's I, I tell you what when i go back and rewatch that game which i'm going to do really quickly here um i'm going to just stare at caleb jones and his um 13 opportunities as a run blocker because that's just glorious um left guard was john runyon and then cole van lannon took over it was just those two again both of them were dominant pass blockers and average run blockers so we got very consistent performance there we had three different centers, started off with Josh Myers, crushed it as a run blocker, decent pass blocker. Jake Hansen stepped in, really good run blocker, decent pass blocker, 60 overall grade. Then Michael Manette stepped in. Um, they're, they're all basically the same, but just down a peg. And then Michael Manette was a little bit of a, a bigger jump, but average pass blocker kind of, or average run blocker, pretty bad pass blocker. But 36 reps for Josh Myers, 20 for Jake Hansen. Then Michael Manette came in. With 15 opportunities, we had four right guards. Jake Hansen, 36. Again, good run blocking, not, you know, average pass blocking. Sean Ryan took over, crushed it as a run blocker, which would be fun to go back and watch also. I mean, I that's what we know about Sean Ryan anyways. If we had any expectation, it's that he's going to come in and just be kind of that road grader type of guy on the right side. And that's what he did. He's got to clean up the pass blocking, but at least he came in and did what we expected. But 12 reps in run blocking, and he did a very good job. Then we had Royce Newman. Um, a little surprising that um, that Royce was kind of, I don't want to say third string, but had had the least opportunity. I guess they just wanted to pull him real quick because he was going to be. Everybody else, though, you know, I mean, Josh Myers had the most opportunities at center, so just kind of weird, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, Royce only 10 snaps and then they I guess they pulled him and then Ty Clary they gave him one shot I don't know I don't know what the point of that was but he had one shot at right guard then right tackle it was Royce 
Um, so that, that must have been what it is. They started Rice maybe a tackle and then slid him inside or something. Um, and then Zach Tom got the rest of the 35 opportunities out there. And um, again, I, I, I just want to go watch the offensive line for a lot of reasons. I want to watch Zach Tom dominate. Um, I want to see Sean Ryan as a run blocker because that sounds entertaining. I absolutely want to just stare at Josh Myers as a run blocker because 93 overall grade means he just killed it. In fact, it was funny during the live stream. Um, oh, you know what? That was Jake Hansen. I was going to say, I thought it was Josh Myers, but I think Jake Hansen was in. I don't know. But he he got called out for for one of the plays on run block. Just just absolutely smashed, pancaked the guy. Either way, Jake Hansen had a good run blocking grade too. So, But again, with pressures, really, you know, I mean, guys were up and down in terms of grades. But in terms of actual pressures, only four on the day. Two from Yash, one from Caleb Jones, and one from Jake Hansen, and that's it. Interestingly enough, if we look over at true pass sets, which again, kind of just, it's, it's hard to explain, partially because I'm not even entirely sure how to explain it, but just think of it as um, getting rid of all the garbage. Because, you know, a pressure can be generated a lot of different ways, but a lot of times if you just want to know one-on-one, did you beat the guy in front of you, you're looking at true pass sets. Right. If, if you have, for example, Caleb Jones, let's just say he's got a guy coming off the edge and then somebody comes off the side of him and now he's got two guys to deal with and he picks one, the other one gets a sack or something, which didn't happen, but I'm just saying that gets countered against you, but it would not be countered against you in terms of true pass sets. So here's something interesting I want to look at. Caleb Jones in particular, actually, you know what, Sean Ryan in particular, um, not a lot of actual reps, period, but 15.3 overall pass blocking grade, 72.5 true pass set grade. Caleb Jones, 27.7 pass blocking grade, 74.4 true pass set grade. Yash Nyman doesn't really change very much. Goes from a 43 to a 47. Jake Hansen, um, Jake Hansen actually, not, not only does it go up pretty significantly, but um, it's actually a really large sample size apart from the other two. Jake Hansen had a 59.5 overall pass blocking grade on 34 opportunities 10 of those were true pass sets. He had an 83.8. So again, I mean, listen, in, in real life games, you're going to have to deal with stunts and twists and, and double teams and all these different things that you got to do. You know, it's, it's just a part of the game. So, you know, the grade is what the grade is. But if you want to just assess his ability to win against the guy across from him, again, Jake Hansen, 83.8 overall grade. Very, very solid. In fact, the only pressures given up when you just look at true pass sets, the two pressures by Yash Nijman, that's it. All the other ones are wiped clean. The other somewhat positive thing, as you would expect, but if you look at the difference between zone and gap uh, blocking, they do look at the grades. It would be a little bit disheartening if, you know, for example, Caleb Jones or, or, or um, why can't I think, Josh Myers had like elite gap blocking grades, but not so much zone because zone is what we typically run. Not the case. Josh Myers had a 58.5 run blocking grade while running gap, 91.5 running zone. And it was actually four, um, four gap block, nine run block. So it's not like it was only one gap and 15 zone or anything. It was, it was you know, 33%, 66%. In fact, every single player that had a good um, run blocking grade was better with zone than gap, every single one of them. So that's a, that's a positive as well. So anyways, uh, why don't we take a break here? As always, please remember patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support the work that I do here, it would be very, very greatly appreciated. You can support me for as little as $1 per month. So please consider that. 
But uh, otherwise, we will take a break. We'll take a uh, look at defense on the other side. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so again, um, what we'll do to start is go over the overall grades. Then we'll start going through the, the run defense. And uh, on and on and on. This should go a little bit quicker, so that should hopefully give us a little bit of time to kind of go and look at uh, some of the other more league-wide statistics type things. Whatever. It'll make sense when we get there. So we'll start with the negative. There were 26 players on defense. Five of them had really bad grades. Akeel Byers, 39.7. Rico Gafford, 37.3. Jonathan Ford, 30.6. Chris Slayton, 30.3. Ray Wilborn, 26.1. A little bit surprised to see three defensive linemen, considering the defensive line seemed to do quite a good job all day. I will say, though, toward the end, there were some massive gaping holes that San Francisco was just flying through like nothing, which just feels like every 49ers game I've ever watched against the Packers. So I'm guessing that's a lot of what this is. For example, Jonathan Ford, 74.6 pass rush grade. So he didn't, all the times you saw him push the guy in front of him straight into the quarterback. Your eyes did not deceive you. That was really happening. The problem was run defense, largely. Um, Guys that were somewhat, well, let's say below 60, but not horrible. Chauncey Manick, 53. Quay Walker with a 56.9, which is a little sad, but it is what it is. Dallin Levitt, 57. Tariq Carpenter, 58. The averages, Kingsley Enigbarre, Enigbar, I don't know, dude. Vernon Scott, Keandre Thomas, Sean Davis, Kobe Jones, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa, uh, Tipa Naliai, Chris Barnes, Ty Summers, KB Anento, Jack Heflin, and Micah Abernathy. The only good grades, which are not super great, but good enough, 
Ellis Brooks, 71.2. Shamar Jean Charles, 72.5. Keyshawn Nixon, 73.4. TJ Slayton, 73.9. And Isaiah McDuffie with a 75.2. It's funny because I kind of mentioned this when we looked at, you know, a couple days ago. I said that um, looking back at last year's preseason, it dawned on me, or one of the things that I had forgotten that had happened was the linebackers looked so good. And it was one of those things where it's like, this is weird because usually our linebackers are always dead last and all of a sudden our linebackers look so good. Maybe this is a function of the new guy, Joe Barry. He's a linebacker guy. Sure enough, Isaiah McDuffie had the highest grade, also Ellis Brooks. So two of the five best players on the team, the two of the five that actually had 70 overall or higher, once again, linebackers. Um, looking at run defense, only three players had good run defense grades. None of them were defensive tackles or edge rushers. Ellis Brooks, Isaiah McDuffie, 70 overall and 72 overall. And then Shamar Jean Charles with a 74.1 overall grade. That's it. Um, as far as super negative grades, I guess below a 50, Kingsley and Igbare, 49.9, Chris Barnes, 49.1, TJ Slayton with a 48.9, which is incredibly disappointing. Akeel Byers, 46-2. Jonathan Ford, 35-4. Chris Slayton, 28-4. So the entire the, the four worst players in run defense were our like 330-pound defensive tackles. These, these guys are all like nose tackles, dude. This is crazy. TJ Slayton and Jonathan Ford getting crushed as run blocker, uh, run defenders. Come on, man. That should be the one thing you guys are good at. But anyways, again, the run defense was just it was poor. Which isn't great because, again, TJ Slayton's out there. You know, I mean, yeah, we got Kenny who, you know, he had a 56 run defense grade last year, so that's that's great. He's there. You got Dean Lowry. He had a 54 overall run defense grade, you know, so that's great. And, of course, Jaron Reed, who also had a 54 overall run defense grade. We don't have anybody that's a really good run defender. So I'm kind of counting on the guys who are built to be run defenders to kind of step up in the whole run defense category. Guys like, I don't know, TJ Slayton. Come on, man. You're going up against backups, 49ers backups. Do not let them push you around, please, Jack Heflin. Trash can full of dirt. Come on, guys. Can't deal with this. Not doing another year of Packers run defense and getting laughed at because, ah, here we go again, same Packers, can't stop the run. I'm not doing it. So if you got to get fatter, get fatter. If 340 pounds isn't enough, make it 360. I don't care, figure it out. Tackling was a a bonus. Almost everybody out of uh, 21 players uh, 17 out of 21 had 70 or higher overall grades. The only ones that didn't, Akil Byers, 68. Three guys really struggled. Jack Heflin, Jonathan Ford, TJ Slayton. <laughs> I mean, I just don't get it, man. And that was kind of an issue. There were several times I saw a guy will get his, his arm wrapped around the running back and he doesn't go down. Ah, you know, whatever. Three missed tackles on the day. It was TJ Slayton, Jonathan Ford, and Jack Heflin. But everybody else... Had a 70 overall grade or higher. Isaiah McDuffie, Dallin Levitt, and Tariq Carpenter were in the 80s. Pass rush, which is what everybody wants to know about. Um, nobody was terrible as far as pass rush. There were some below a 60. Um, Quay Walker was below a 60, but he only had one attempt. Chauncey Manick, 56 overall grade. Ellis Brooks, the linebacker, only had two attempts, 55 overall grade. And then Akil Byers, he had one pressure on 11 attempts, 51 overall grade. Jack Heflin, 62 overall grade. He had uh, two pressures on 12 attempts, which by my math, that's pretty phenomenal. Uh, Chris Slayton, three pressures on 24 attempts. Phenomenal. 
Kobe Jones had one pressure on 15 attempts, which is not great, but it was a sack, so we will forgive you. Um, Kingsley and Agbar, three attempts on 20, uh, three pressures on 21 attempts, including one sack, one hit, one hurry. I love that. Not only are the numbers where they need to be, but, you know, just leading the charge there. I dig it. Tipanali did not have a lot of opportunities, presumably due to his injury, but on four attempts, he ended up with a sack. So I think he was off to a pretty good start. He had a 69 overall grade. Jonathan Ford, this is where all the defensive tackles are. Jonathan Ford, one pressure. Um, it was a hurry on uh, nine attempts, 74.6 overall grade. Jonathan Garvin had one pressure on only five attempts. And then the highest was TJ Slayton, who just absolutely wrecked everybody in front of him, seemingly had two pressures on 11 attempts. So if you're just going based on that, you know, 10% metric, there were guys, like half of these guys were significantly higher than, um, you know, the, the 10, 12%-ish. But overall, 16 pressures, three from an uh, Agbar and Slayton, two from TJ Slayton and Jack Heflin, and then one from Ellis Book, Brooks, Akil Byers, Jonathan Ford, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa Naliai, and Kobe Jones. And then the sacks came by way of Kobe Jones, Tipa, Naliai, and Kingsley Anegbar. Um, stops, run stops, which are tackles that were a negative play for the offense. Four of them from Kobe Jones. Super impressive there. Two from Isaiah McDuffie, Keyshawn Nixon, Tipa Naliai, which, again, impressive because he only played nine snaps. That dude, he man, it stinks he got hurt because it sounds like he was on just a war path. Two from Jack Heflin and Ty Summers, and then one from uh, Anagbar, Tariq Carpenter, Ellis Brooks, TJ Slayton, Chris Slayton, Chris Barnes, and then Shamar Jean Charles. One forced fumble on the day came via Dallin Levitt. And then looking at coverage statistics, um, we've got the most targeted guys on the team were Keyshawn Nixon and Rico Gafford. Keyshawn Nixon, four targets, four receptions, 27 yards. Rico Gafford, four targets, two receptions, 62 yards, a touchdown, and one pass breakup. So he kind of redeemed himself with the pass breakup. But that one really bad play was really bad. And so it's hard to kind of recover from that, I guess. Uh, Ray Wilborn, two targets, two receptions, 27 yards, and a touchdown. That's a bad day. Tariq Carpenter, two targets, two receptions, 11 yards given up. Dallin Levitt, two targets, two receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. That is pretty brutal. Keandre Thomas, two targets, two receptions, and a pass break. Excuse me, two targets, one reception, one pass breakup. The reception was only for eight yards, so I'm calling that a great day for Keandre. Ellis Brooks, um, one target, zero receptions. Micah Abernathy, one target, zero receptions. Kobe Jones, one target, one reception, four yards. Chris Barnes, one target, one reception, 11 yards. And then Shamar Jean Charles and KB Nento both had one target, zero receptions. Um, finally, I want to look back at, uh, kind of comparing our guys to the rest of the field right now, just to kind of get some perspective on some stuff. First of all, yes, Jordan Love had three interceptions. Yes, that's way worse than anybody else. Logan Woodside had two, but again, only one of them was really his fault. On the other side of things, and I don't know about the, the games that are happening now, probably more stuff is going on. Um, Jordan Love is tied for the most touchdowns in preseason right now with two. Desmond Ritter and Chris Streveler are the only ones that have two touchdowns. Jordan Love ranks uh, fourth in total yards. And no, that's not because he played more than everybody else. That's absolutely not the case. Um, let's see. Just looking at the guys around him, for example. Um, the guy behind him, Trace McSorley, the exact same amount of dropbacks. David Blau, 
um, had actually more. Tyrod Taylor had roughly the same. Kyle Slaughter had more. I'm going down the line here. So certainly not a terrible day. If you look at yards per attempt, Danny Etling blew everybody out of the water. Malik Willis was second with 9.7 yards per attempt. Danny Etling, 15.4. But even still, out of 29 quarterbacks, Jordan Love ranks 10th at 7.3 yards per attempt. So not terrible at all. Um, As far as adjusted completion percentage, Danny Etling was actually third, which is pretty solid. 87.5%. Jordan Love was 14th, again, out of 29. So about middle of the pack, I guess. Drop percentage, not surprisingly, Jordan Love was fourth. Actually, I guess surprisingly that anybody could possibly have been worse. But 23.5% is the fourth worst of anybody. Um, In terms of pressures, again, the offensive line did a fantastic job. Looking at total pressures, and it's not a percentage, so Etling obviously had a different situation, but um, they were right next to each other. Danny Etling and Jordan Love. Um, Etling, three. Jordan Love, four. They were fourth and eighth, respectively, because, you know, there were four guys with three and a bunch of guys with eight or whatever, but some of the lowest, bottom line. Only three quarterbacks had less pressures than Etling faced. Only seven had less than Jordan Love faced. So kudos to the offensive line for that. Jordan Love was one of only uh, 12 quarterbacks that was not sacked. He was one of only five quarterbacks that had at least 20 dropbacks that was not sacked. He was one of only three with 25 that was not sacked. So there you go. Desmond Ritter, Logan Woodside, the other two. Uh, looking at time to throw, Jordan Love got the ball out of his hand the fifth fastest with his uh, 2.45 uh, second release. And then in terms of NFL passer rating, Danny Etling number one with his 156.3. Jordan Love obviously quite bad. However, 24th out of 29. Somehow, even with three interceptions, I guess the two touchdowns helps a lot. But um, Mike White, Jake Luton, Davis Webb, Logan Woodside, CJ Beathard all had worse passer ratings. Uh, looking at receiving grades overall, B.J. Baylor with the fourth highest receiving grade of anybody. Looking at just wide receivers, Danny Davis ranks 10th. He also ranks 7th in yards per reception. Interestingly enough, again, we know that uh, Jordan Love threw a ton of touchdowns. And again, this is missing a lot of games so far, but only 12 wide receivers had touchdowns. Three of those 12 are Green Bay Packers, Romeo Dobbs, Amari Rogers, and Danny Davis. Looking at yards after the catch per reception, Amari Rogers number one. Yards per route run, uh, Danny Davis is eighth. Longest reception, Danny Davis and Romeo Dobbs are tied with Christian Wilkerson at ninth longest reception so far of the preseason. And then highest passer rating of any wide receiver in the preseason so far, Danny Davis is number one on the list with his 158.3. Honorable mention, Samore Ture is actually 16th right now with Jawan Winfrey at 18th. So three wide receivers in the top 20 out of, uh, what do we got, 75 wide receivers. I don't think it's really worth looking at running backs all that much just because, I mean, we can, but I know our guys didn't do a ton. And actually, they didn't even get enough attempts to even make the list, so we're not, <laughs> we're not going to bother. I do really want to look at the offensive line. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, they haven't updated that, so I'm going to have to do it, I guess, manually. And actually, just, just for, for grins, um, highest run blocking grade or uh, of, of any team here, Second highest was the Green Bay Packers with an 82.5 overall run blocking grade. Pass blocking was was not as good because obviously, despite some guys doing decent, you had like the 20s and stuff, but second best run blocking offensive line, which is pretty solid. But anyways, John Runyon's 87.1 overall pass blocking grade is the highest pass blocking grade of anybody in the preseason so far. Um, Cole Van Landen at 81.1 would come in at ninth. 
So two top 10 pass blockers so far. Again, a lot more games coming in and everything else, but still very impressive. And then as far as run blocking, Josh Myers 93.0 would come in second. Uh, Devery Hamilton tackle for the New York Giants would be uh, 94.1 is the only one that was higher. Caleb Jones 91.0 would come in at uh, third. Well, technically fourth, I guess, with Josh Myers there. So fourth highest. uh, So two top five run blockers in Caleb Jones and Josh Myers. And then in terms of overall grade, number one would be Josh Myers. The, the, the highest right now listed is 90.1 Devery Hamilton. Josh Myers, 92.2 is the highest. Zach Tom, by the way, 80.2 overall grade would come in at sixth, one spot ahead of Ben Cleveland. So incredible start for, uh, for those guys. Um, looking at defense overall, again, the uh, Packers defense didn't necessarily crush it with the grades and everything, but it looks like nobody really did. It seems like maybe offense is kind of winning the day because TJ Slayton with a 73.9 overall grade is the 10th highest defensive grade of anybody in the preseason right now. Jack Heflin with his 69.3 overall grade is 18th. So only one elite defensive grade so far, and that's Taquan Graham from Atlanta. And then five guys that are in the 80s. Again, a, a bunch of games and stuff that needs to be added, but there you go. Jack Heflin right now has the 14th highest run defense grade. Um, Chris Slayton has the 12th highest tackling grade, so kudos to him for that. Jonathan Ford with the 5th highest pass rush grade. Uh, Chris Slayton comes in at 23rd to be the next highest. Oh, you know what? I'm just looking at defensive tackles. That's why it's so... I was like, there's, why are there not anybody that's any... And then I looked at coverage grade, and it's like 62 is the highest. Are you kidding me? Let me extend this a bit. I'm not going to go back because obviously um, our guys did not do super great. However, in terms of pressures, uh, Kingsley and Agbar, along with Chris Slayton, tied for 15th most pressures with their three pressures in a game. Kobe Jones's four stops is tied for second most. Well, I guess fourth most, but three guys had uh, five stops. And then 27 players who had at least one pass breakup. And again, two of those are Green Bay Packers. So that's about it, man. Actually, you know what I want to look at? I want to see some pass rush statistics here real quick. Uh, Looking at PFF's pass rush productivity numbers, Kingsley and Agbar was the 24th best pass rusher based on that metric. That's out of 103 total just defensive players overall. Win percentage, check this out. Remember how we all watch TJ Slayton just crush everybody? You know who's number one in the entire NFL right now? TJ Slayton. Um, uh, Clayton, I know you've been going around telling everybody how he had that 36% or whatever. Apparently, they went back and looked at it. They upped that a bit. 45.5%. 45.5%. They're saying almost 50% of the time he beat the guy in front of him. That's crazy. And on true pass sets, 66.7%. Now, only six times did he rush the passer, but still 66.7%, two-thirds of the time. So four out of six. His pass rush grade is a 90.3. That's crazy, man. Sixth highest pass rush grade in the NFL for, for the preseason so far. And again, that'll probably go down a little bit, but still, that win percentage, 45.5%. Man, he is just, he, I swear, he listen, he's the only Packer that listens to this podcast, and he heard me saying, he's not going to be a good pass rusher. Stop waiting for that to happen. It ain't going to happen. He's a nose tackle. He's a run defender. Just just be happy with what he is. He goes out and he's like, I'm not going to make a single tackle on a run play, but every time he snaps the ball and it's a pass, I'm going to murder this man in front of me. That's, that's what's happening right now. 
Um, other relatively impressive win percentages, Kobe Jones, 21.4%, Kingsley and Agbar, 20%. Um, taking a look at coverage real quick, and I'm just going to I'm gonna get rid of edge rushers and I'm going to get rid of linebackers too and just look at corners and safeties. Um, 17th highest coverage grade, Keyshawn Nixon with his 73.1 grade. Shamar Jean Charles comes in at 24th with his 69.5. Um, forced incompletions out of how many are we looking at here? Well, I guess I don't know because let me try this. Do 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 do. One hundred and eleven, twelve, one hundred and thirteen guys we're looking at. Out of one hundred and thirteen, only twenty-one had forced incompletions. Of that twenty-one, Kavianento and Keandre Thomas are on that list. Forced incompletion percentage: Keandre Thomas is tied for third at fifty percent. KB Anento stands alone, number one, 100%. One target, one forced incompletion. There you go. Highest in the NFL right now. Uh, 20 pass breakups in the NFL through preseason. Again, same guys, Keandre Thomas, KB Anento are two of those 20. Uh, snaps per target. Shamar Jean Charles ranks fifth, 22 snaps per target. And then another uh, passing play stops. So again, the same metric of stops, which is a negative play for the offense, but on a passing play. Keyshawn Nixon is tied for second with two stops. Only 11 players had two or more, and three was the max. Anyways, I don't really care about the rest of this stuff. We might as well just get on to special teams, I guess. The moment you've all been waiting for. Drum roll, please. There were, just on straight-up special teams, not talking kicking or returning, um, one, two, three, four, five players below a 50. Six players with pretty bad special teams grades. Um, Josiah DeGuara had a 50.2 overall grade. Doesn't super matter because he's a lock to make the roster, I'm assuming. Um, The rest of the guys, though, big question marks. Dallin Levitt, in particular, is specifically a special teamer. He had a 47.8 overall grade. Tyler Goodson, I don't know how much of a special teamer he is as opposed to being a running back, but still 45.7 overall grade. Um, He was also on kickoff return or what is that? I don't know. Yeah. Kick return, I guess. Um, Sean Davis, 44.6 overall grade. Micah Abernathy, who I think is just a camp body anyways, but still 44 overall grade. And then the lowest was Alizé Mack with a 35.8 overall grade. Guys with really good special teams grades, only two. Vernon Scott, Keandre Thomas. So kudos to Mr. Keandre Thomas. A couple honorable mentions. Tariq Carpenter with a 68.2 overall grade. Good for him. He needs that. KB Anento, 67. Ray Wilborn, 66. SJC, 65. Jack Coco, huh? Jack, Jackie Coco, 63.6. How about that? Long snapper with higher than a 30 overall grade. That's wonderful. Um, Kobe Jones, 63. Ty Summers, 62. Rico Gafford, 61. Tyler Davis, 61. We'll, we'll cut it off there. Above a 60. But uh, looking throughout the NFL, actually, as of right now, Keandre Thomas is the eighth highest special teamer. So he had two tackles on special teams. Nobody had more than two. So kudos for Keandre, man. It was a good day for him, I think. He was lighting people up. I was, I was enjoying watching me some Keandre. Um, field goals. Gabe Burkick, not surprisingly, 47.2 overall grade. Three for three on extra points. Uh, missed his one field goal attempt just completely wide left again maybe it was a a snapping holding issue I don't know but that was that was brutal his uh field goal kicking grade would be by far the lowest the lowest right now is Ryan Santoso 
58 overall grade. Again, 47.2 for, for our guy. Um, punting, Pat O'Donnell, 60.2 overall grade. He ranks 11th out of 16, so not super fantastic, but I guess could be worse. Two punts, 88 yards, 44 yards per attempt is the third lowest of anybody. In terms of net yards, he's ninth, which I think the dis- the, the difference between his rank in uh, yards per attempt and his rank per net would be the, the coverage guys. So the fact that it went up is a positive, you know, whatever. Corey Bajorquez, eighth, so <laughs> slightly better, which sucks, but whatever. Longest punt of the night, Pat O'Donnell with a 46-yard punt. That is the second lowest of anybody, second shortest, longest. Um, kicks inside the 20, he had zero. Ten of these guys all had at least one. And then for hang time, Pat O'Donnell ranked 11th out of 16th, 4.29 hang time average. And then finally, the returners, and I have nothing but good news for you. Highest overall in the entire NFL, kick return grade, Amari Rogers, 75.5 overall grade. The only other guy with a positive grade, Zonovan Knight for the New York Jets, 74.6. Two returns, 71 yards, 50 was his longest, 35.5 average. Stick that in your eye hole. Sorry, that was kind of graphic. It's, it's, it's just a... Sorry, I, I, I get excited, man. I'm happy for the man. It's not just that he had a good day. It's, it's, he's number one of anybody. It's just two returns, but who cares? Who cares? I mean, he, the other thing, he didn't have a bad return. Subtract his total or his, his, you know, the longest from his total. It's still a 21-yard return. Nothing wrong with a 21-yard return. Um, looking at punt return. Oh, let's, let's finish with the kick returners here just for the Packers. Uh, the second highest grade went to Ishmael Hyman, who didn't touch the kick return. So kudos to him for exactly getting a 60. Tyler Goodson with a 59.9 overall grade, one return for 19 yards. Rico Gafford, I don't know what the heck he did wrong, but uh, 59 overall grade, one return for 25 yards. I I don't know. I guess it has more to do with what you did with the space you were given. And if he was just handed 25 yards, that's cool. But maybe it has something to do with his blazing speed that gave him 25 yards. So I don't know. I don't know that I understand that. And then punt return, um, Amari Rogers, one fair catch, so 60.1 overall grade. I guess they give you a point one if you just don't drop it. Ishmael Hyman, one return, seven yards, 61.1 overall. So didn't really get to see much from the punt returners, but um, pumped for Amari, man. We'll see how well that holds up. I'm sure somebody breaks one for a touchdown just to ruin that whole situation, but still excited. Anyways, I think that's everything. Some good, some bad. I'm good with it. Folks, have yourselves a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.